let's open our Bibles tonight and let's go to uh, the book of Luke. We're dealing with the subject about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is part two here, which you, I think I started Sunday and shared with you about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Did I do that? Did I start Sunday? Okay, so tonight is a continuation because we talked a little bit. I don't know what all we talked about Sunday, uh, uh, but let's just go to Luke chapter 1, and let's look here uh, at Luke chapter 1, and let's start at verse 5. As we deal with the ministry of the Holy Spirit, we... <clears throat> are looking at two aspects of seeing the work of God at work. And uh, notice it, the scripture said, that was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias, the course of Abba, and his wife was of the daughter of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they both were righteous before God. Isn't that something? Walking in what? All of the commandments? And ordinance of the Lord, how? Blameless. Can you see that? Notice it didn't say sinless. It said blameless. See, that could throw you. If it, if it had said sinless, well, we something wrong with that. Because we know all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So that was none righteous. Okay? But they didn't quit. They didn't give up on the vision. Follow what I'm saying? The same about you and I. God not looking for us to be perfect. He's looking for us to have grit, to endure, to see the task through. Will you make mistakes along the way? Yes. But you can repent. Amen? And get back and stay in the race, okay? The purpose of your repentance is what? The purpose of your repentance is so that your conscience won't condemn you. See, your conscience will condemn you. See, God will still want to talk to you, but you won't be able to walk with him because your own conscience will, will, uh, will put you, will judge you as being guilty. Amen? So when you repent, your conscience becomes pure again because Jesus already paid the price that your conscience, that your conscience is redeemed from dead works. But you can't live in that aspect. You can't live in sin because sin doesn't, sin does, it's not going to hinder the power of God from moving in your life, but sin will hinder you from moving in the power of God. Did you understand what I just said? Why? Because God already dealt with sin in a manner that where Satan, the principalities, powers, and rules of darkness, he spoiled them, meaning uh, uh, he brought it to naught, meaning it, he stripped it of power to hurt. So if it's, any, if it's anything that's holding us back, it would be our own dead works, own self-righteous. Are y'all getting what I'm saying here? Okay. Next verse, Casey. <clears throat> and they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well-stricken, in years, so they were well stricken in years. So what would we, what would we consider as well stricken in years? So, you know, uh, oh, so if they well stricken in years, I don't know. It could be sixty, seventy, perhaps eighty. Well stricken in years. In other words, they're not able at the age where they are. I don't think she's she's there to 
to bear forth a child. Okay? But let's look at this for a moment. Again, I never checked the age. Maybe that's something I should do. Look and see how old Zachariah was, how old Elizabeth was. Okay? What I studied didn't tell me how old they were, but I'm pretty sure somebody know. Amen? <clears throat> Watch this. And they had no child because, because that Elizabeth was barren. And they both were now well stricken in years. Next verse. And it came to pass that while, the, while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of God. To burn incense is a way of what? Of, of uh, making sure that he is clinging before he operate as a priest. His priestlyhood. In other words, he had to repent of what was wrong. He couldn't go in there without having a repentant heart, put it like that. Or an ordinance was performed. Okay? But our ordinance is not an outward thing. Our ordinance is what is from within. Can y'all see that? That's the difference. So the altar of incense was what? It was something that they offered up as a, a sweet-smelling sacrifice before Almighty God as a way that God did not, it's like God uh, honored or he, uh, what's the right word I want to say? Um, um, uh, it's a word that I use that God honored the sacrifice that was made outwardly but it did not remove sin, it covered it, if I could say that, okay? And this is what you have right here. And, um, I mean, can you think about it? Every day, the altar, that repentance, that the Hebrews were repenting of their sins, the priest, can you imagine the priest? He's a bloody mess. The altar, it's a bloody mess. This is a continuous thing, it never stops. In those days, sacrifices was offered all the time. But Jesus entered in once for you and I. Amen? Glory. Why? Because the sacrifice of an animal would never be able to do what? To remove the sin consciousness from you and I. Okay? All it did, it covered it. Okay, or the word I was searching for is forbear. The forbearance of God was with the offering of the type of sacrifice and offering that they would offer uh, through the lamb or ram and etc. <clears throat> now you can see that in Romans 3.25 and 3.26. The forbearance of God. In other words, God forbeared it because he knew that that was a type. It was a shadow. But when the real came along, which is Jesus himself, we would no longer need those type of sacrifices. Amen. To, uh, to take away sin. It didn't take away sin. It covered sin. Okay? What Jesus did for you and I, it took away sin. Now, the reason why I'm saying this is because you need to understand that where we're going right now in dealing with the ministry of the Holy Spirit, he's dealing with you and I from an inward perspective rather than an outward one. And so, <clears throat> let's go to the next verse, Casey. 
He said, there appear unto him an angel of the Lord. Here we go. Standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was what? Trouble. And fear fell upon him. But the angel of the Lord said unto him, fear not. That's one thing about when something is of God and it may frighten you, it may take, catch you off balance. But one of the things when it is of the Lord, he'll tell you, fear not. Now, the enemy can't tell you that. He don't, have, he don't have that in him. Amen? He's full of fear. He's the author of fear, okay? And notice what he said. Zechariah, for your prayers is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. So what is, the, what is the angel doing? This is the work of the Holy Spirit. He's sent from God to Zechariah. And he's there to tell him, he said, fear not, Zachariah, for thy prayer is heard. In other words, they were praying. They wanted a child. But because they were well stricken in years, they may have postponed that belief. It ain't going to happen. Huh? He may have postponed that belief. How, many of, how, how often do we postpone a belief that God, something, a dream, a call that God has given to us, but because time is passing by, it appeared as it ain't going to happen. I'm getting old. My wife old. And it just ain't going to happen. Right? I ain't get one amen. <laughs> I mean, I didn't get one amen. But you know, and sometimes it may not be a life, but what does it be a dream? What is it? It's a vision. What is it? It's a, it's a, a calling. Elizabeth was barren for a purpose. Her barrenness was for a purpose for a particular time. Your barrenness could be at a particular season, but at, and, you know, you're not bear to the place where life you're not enjoying life it's just that the thing that God purposed in your life hasn't come to the forefront of what God originally ordained you or birth you had you birth in the, in the earth for see God doesn't live in time God lives outside of time so when it's time that God wants to use JW is what God going to do the thing that he purposed for in life, he'll step into time and he'll give him a dream. He'll give him a vision. He'll speak to him through the word. There's something he would do to get his attention, to remind him, this is for this purpose were you born. For this time in your life where you, uh, where you uh, your t this time and season in your life where you call. So I'm saying this to all of you. Don't think that uh, God has forgotten about you because he hadn't. Let me just plug this in. We think that if we're not seeing miracles every day, healings every day, you know, uh, people being raised from the dead every day, 
we think something wrong. I mean, just think about it. You don't go to the hospital. We shouldn't be in, but you don't go to the hospital every day, do you? Right? You go. You don't go see the dentist every day, huh? Or every month, right? Is that right? You don't go see your banker, you know, every month, right? Or whatever. But you enjoy life, right? But if I had need money, okay, I have a way to go get it, right? If I had need new teeth, I have a way to go. Boy, I'll tell you what I've been seeing on TV, how they can put you some new teeth in your mouth (laughs) overnight. (laughs) (laughs) Huh? It what? Oh, they hurt. Oh, oh my. Well, anyway, I was just, I was just talking. So, but just think about it. it's a benefit that you have from a dentist, from a medical doctor, a health plan, or whatever. But it doesn't mean you use it every day, right? You may not use it all the days of your life. But it's there. Is that, is that right? So that means you're living life on a higher obtain of not in need of that assistant. I think we just fade off on Facebook. That not need of, of, of assistant, right? But it doesn't mean something is wrong because you don't use the benefit. The benefit is just that in case something interrupt my flow. I'm going somewhere with this. The same thing about the word of God. When you walk in divine health, you walk in divine wealth, you walk in divine relationship, everything about the walk that you have is based on the kingdom of God's way of doing and that which is right. Then guess what? You can go long, long, long before if you ever have to tap into that. So the greatest manifestation of God's glory in the kingdom is not the healing. It's not the raising of the dead. It's not to cast out devils. But we have these benefits when it's needed. When a devil come about in someone, we can cast that devil out. So what is the greatest honor of glorifying God? It's allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you through the day, through the week, you know, with rest, with joy, enjoying life. That's that's the grand finale of the Holy Ghost. It's not, you know, the healing. Thank God for healing. But what's greater than healing? Health, right? If we teach you to exercise health, then guess what? We won't have many people getting healed. Because why? You know how to stay healthy. You know how when a sickness or a disease come upon, you know how to fight it. Hmm? Same thing with finances. You know, we, sow, we, we, we aggressively sow the seed. Not out of fear, but we do it because God's word declares it for us to do it. When we honor God with the, with the finances, then guess what? He said, it shall be given back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and run up. That's not your responsibility. That's the power of the Holy Ghost that will lead you to do that. He is the one that will bring it back. 
Are you understand what I'm saying here? I'm, what I'm trying to get you to understand is that we have to learn to rest in the finished work. Not trying to work the righteousness. No, rest in the finished work. It's already done. So when God come to you and talk to you about what he's expecting of you, he's talking to you about something. I've already did it. I just need you to fulfill what it is I called you to. Yeah, you're going to have resistance. That's why you got to have the plan from God, Otis. So when the resistor shows up, when, when that defeated foe shows up, this is why you have to understand your enemy. You got to know your enemy. You got to know his strategy. When you know his strategy against you, then you can walk as one says, no evil shall befall me. Why? Because you know the strategy of the enemy and you understand when Jesus, when the word said that Jesus spawned, principal, and we, this is going to be a part of this ministry of the Holy Spirit, but I'm just kind of leaking this out. The word spar means that Jesus, it wasn't like food that spar. It, it means he was stripped of everything that actually made him the devil. That put you and I in a place of fear. He was stripped. What do you mean? What do you mean he was stripped? He was stripped to hold you in that self-righteous attitude. He was stripped of the power to hold to keep you angry. Hmm? He was stripped of that. But you and I, being the subject, have to choose. Whether or not I'm going to walk in obedience to the righteousness or the right standing that I have in Christ Jesus, or will I make myself a subject back to bondage under the law of sin and death? It doesn't affect my right standing with God, but it will affect my relationship with people. Because I can't let go. I, I refuse. It's not that I can't. I refuse to let go. I refuse to obey the word. See, that's what the Holy Spirit is there for. He's there to help you to walk in the word, to walk in the, to walk in the spirit, to walk in the truth. Well, I can't let that go what they did to me. That helper hurt me. Uh-huh. Well, so what you going to do? Are you going to get back, you know, and get even again? Well, I'm going to show her. No. What you're doing, you're yielding yourself. You're yielding yourself to the law of sin and death, and you're giving the enemy an open door to do what? To get you to walk back in your tradition. To hold you back, to hold you back in the place of your religion. See, when we live by faith, we say we're going to live by the word. I don't care what my feelings say. It'll change. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
You get in an argument with your wife or your husband? I ain't talking to him now. But after a while, it's going to pass. All right? You go down and say, I love you, Pookie Bear. Is that right? They can't hold See, See how my wife like They can't hold that. They can't. Pookie Bear, they can't resist that. <laughs> All right, okay. But I'm just showing you the better, the better work of the Spirit is you walking in peace. You walking in unity. So when you think, well, man, I ain't got nothing going on in my life, you know. You know, I, I get up, I go to work, and I do this and that. Well, was your day prosperous? Were you stressful? No. Were you at peace? I mean, did you just, what, 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 anything in your life will just try, got you work? No. Well, you walking in peace. You walking in the glory of God. You walking like the believer's supposed to walk. Because guess what? That's, that's true stress out here. That's true trouble out here. And it's easy to get into. Think about how the Holy Spirit is navigating each of us in this life, knowing that the person you're standing next to or behind, in line, full of trouble. Filled with trouble. Filled with fear. And you just standing there with your jolly little self. Huh? That's not by mistake. That's to show you light from darkness. And sometimes we don't realize how much we are walking in the light of God's truth, of God's love, until something happens. Every time Jesus was tempted by the devil, what did he say? It is what? Written. Jesus didn't keep his mouth closed. Jesus didn't have an identity crisis. He just let the devil know. And let's put this up for a moment. We'll come back to it. Uh, <clears throat> Luke chapter 4. We'll just go to Matthew. No, just stay with Luke. Luke chapter 4. And, and look here at verse 2. It said, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing. And when he... And when they were ended, he afterwards hunger. Right? Verse 2, 3. And the devil said to him, what did he do? He tried to catch him at his most vulnerable position. He was hungry. Right? And that's what, that's what the enemy is always lurking with you and I. This is why you have to be full of the Holy Ghost. All the time, because the enemy is lurking, J.W., how he can get in, how he can mess up your day. And you're the one that has to be the one to say, ain't going to happen. Devil, you a liar. Jesus stripped you of this power to harm me. I'm not taking this bait today. That's how the righteous speak. You may not hear 
this much in churches around. But I'm telling you, this is the authority of the believer. And if we don't learn to take the authority that we have and stop, stop siding with the crisis, stop siding with the issue, stop trying to justify the wrong or whatever it is, and know that the finished works of Christ has undone the works of the devil. 1 John 3, 8 said, Jesus said, for this purpose, was the Son of God manifest? Let's put that up for a moment. We'll come right back to this because I want to stick with this. Put it First John 3, 8 and put it in the uh, uh, classic Amplify. And let's look at the second half of that verse, First John 3, 8. Notice this. For the devil, well, notice this. The reason the Son of God was what? What, 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 what was what? Was made what? Come on, talk to me, Claire. He was made what? Manifest. Mean visible. Hmm? The same thing about you and I. You and I are manifestors. Made visible. Hmm? Look. The reason the Son of God was, was manifest, visible, was to do an undo. Hmm? What was to undo? And that's what you're on the earth for, those who don't know. You are here to, un to tell them the works of the devil is undone in your life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? Can you see the work of the Holy Spirit? You and I are walking around like little light bulbs. Lit up. Amen. And people are drawn to that light that's, that's radiated from you and I. Now, look, he said, for this reason, the Son of God was manifest. Well, we sons of God too. We're manifesting too. Notice this. We are recipients of the power of that Jesus was raised from the dead, we are the recipient to show that Satan has been stripped of his hold to hold me in my past. And we are living testimonies to show forth, and he can't do nothing about it. Boy, I wish I had me a bat with a... Huh? Oh, yeah, we knock it out the park, huh? All the way. Sister Sharon, they used to have a little old softball team, but they ain't. Okay, here we go. <laughs> the reason the Son of God was manifest was what? <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> I didn't hear that. The reason the Son of God was manifest was what? To, 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 to what? To make manifest visible was to undo, destroy, loosen. Because that's one of the words, that's one of the Greek words for the word destroy. 
the word loosen. It's the same word that was used when John the Baptist, when he said, there's one coming after me that's mightier than I, that I am not worthy to unlatch or unloose his shoe, I mean, uh, you know, his shoe latch. That's the same word. That's what Jesus did. He destroyed, he loosened, he dissolved the works the devil had done. That was his purpose. Now that the works of the devil has been undone, it's up to you and I to walk it out. I mean, Jesus can't do it. He got a glorified body. So the, it's the Holy Spirit that is at work in us, the same Holy Spirit that was at work in Jesus to do what he did. Jesus didn't do this in his own power. He was God, but yet he was human. He was man. His humanity needed some supernatural like you and I. Our humanity need the super on our natural. Hmm? Okay. Go back to, what is that? Luke 4. 4-2. So we see that he was being tempted by the devil for 40 days. And in those days, he ate nothing. And it, when they ended, afterwards, he was hungry. Next verse. And the devil said unto him, you got to be prepared, saints. The devil going to talk to you. Even though he's defeated, he's still going to talk to you, oldest. Yeah, I know you went over there to the little Bible study that night. And you let the little preacher jack you up. <laughs> but, but you know the real deal. You, you know. That parrot told that man. <laughs> you know. <laughs> that man told I told you by talking to my customer. That parrot was on that on top of that mountain. He told that man, You the ugliest. Man, I ever seen you look like ten miles of tore up road. And that man was fuming. And that man told that told that parrot by talking to them customers that walk in that door. Took that parrot down. He beat that parrot till the feather was flying. <laughs> he put that feather, put that parrot back up there and that man walked out. The man was walking out that kind of... And that parrot looked at him. You know. <laughs> I ain't got to tell you no more. You, but you know you're ugly. <laughs> Well, you got to know that the enemy is defeated. You got to know that. Because he's going to come talk to you. He's going to still talk trash no matter what. He's a defeated foe. But he wants to see will you and I be in agreement with your Redeemer? Or will you still take sides with your feelings? Well, my feelings were hurt. They hurt my feeling. Everything's about your feeling. Everything's about my truth, your truth. It's only one truth. Jesus is the truth, right? Okay. So the devil said to him, 
If thou be the son of God, do what? Command that this stone be made bread. So what was he? He was he was plain to his weakness. Let me tell you something, Saint. It don't make a difference how much time you spend in prayer, how many days you fasted. I'm telling you, when you come out of that prayer, he's going to be right there waiting on you. It, and it's, it's, it's what, it's what, and he's going to always, he's going to always go to your weakness. Whatever your weakness is, he's going to always apply to that. But you and I have to be the one to speak the words of Christ. You see what Jesus said? Next verse, uh, Casey. Jesus answered him saying, it is written. That man should not do what? Live by bread alone, but by what? So when you say it is written, that means it's already written in the words. Anybody know where it was written? Deuteronomy. Chapter 6, verse 4 and 5. He couldn't, Jesus, he spoke the same word. Okay? Next verse, Casey. And the devil taking him up in a high mountain and showed him all the mount, I mean, all the kingdoms of the world, and in a moment of time. I mean, think about it. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me. And to whomever I will, I give it. Up to that time, he did have it because Adam gave it to him. But when Jesus' spirit went to the prison that was held captive, Jesus stripped him, disarmed him, and took back everything that was rightfully yours and I. Okay? Next verse, case. And if therefore... You will worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt what? Worship the Lord thy God, and who? And him only shall die what? Sir. So you see what Jesus did. Every time the devil came against his mind, Otis, what did he do? He said, It was written. He spoke the word. So when the enemy come to your thoughts, come to your mind and try to speak something that you know that's outside of the love of God, you have to make a decision and you should make the right decision and say, no, Satan, I see you. Get thee behind me. You speak what the word says. See, our humility is not based on Anything that we could do outwardly. Our humility is based on the holiness of what we receive through the new birth. Holiness just simply means I'm going to behave like God in this situation. Holiness right here, I'm going to behave like Jesus did. Jesus told Satan, get thee behind me for it is written. You shall worship the Lord thy God and him only shall thou serve. Next verse. And he brought him up to Jerusalem. See, the devil didn't stop. But he kept going. Why? Because Jesus kept mauling his head, kept him under his feet. Saints, when you are tempted or tried by the works of darkness, he'll keep doing it, but he won't keep saying the same thing. He'll go from one thing to another thing, to another thing. 
until it's all ended. Because your response was the same every time. Hmm? And he said unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For it is written, he should give his angel charge over thee to do what? To keep thee. Well, God gave us angels, right? But he didn't give us angels to be tempted, right? See, what the Satan cook, uh, he said, and in their hand they should bear thee up, lest at any time you dash your foot against a stone. What was he doing? He was tempting. When someone can quote part truth, you got to be mindful of that. You say, when you don't have a full understanding of something, if I don't, I say, I need to look that up. That's what you're supposed to do. I'm going to look that up. Huh? Why? Because that's your saving grace. But he quoted the word. How do you know? Did you know that was quoted wrong? And Jesus answered and said unto him, It is said, Thou should not tempt the Lord thy God. Next verse. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed for him for how long? Forever? For a season. So that means he's going to keep coming back. Is that right? Okay, we got a couple more things. Keep going, Casey. Watch this. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. Notice it. He returned in the power. Hmm? And there went out a fame of him throughout all the regions round about. Next verse. And he taught in their synagogue, being glorified of all. Well, we think about what he was, being, he was teaching. He was teaching on the kingdom of God. Next verse. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And the custom was he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood for the read. Up, I mean, stood up for, yeah, for to read. Next verse. And there was delivered unto him the book of, of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. That means he found himself. Remember, he just got full of the Holy Ghost and he's coming out of the wilderness being led by the Spirit of God. Now he's walking in the fullness of the Spirit. In other words, what was upon him, the, the Holy Spirit came upon him in the shape of a dove. It was tested to see is it proven. He proved that what he had was not for himself, but for you and I. The power of the Holy Spirit is here for you and I to do what? To apply God's laws. The promise. Okay? Jesus was the first one to put it in practice. Notice this. Next verse. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. This was the scripture I was called, one of the scriptures I was called into the ministry with. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, the recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. Next verse. 
to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he took the seat where the Messiah, where they was waiting for the Messiah to come. When he got through quoting this, he took that seat. And they wanted to kill him. Yeah. Because how could this be the Messiah? He closed the book. He gave it again to the minister and he sat down. And the eyes of them that were in the synagogue were what? Fastened on him. Because he, he sat in a seat that they were not ready for. They did not know this was the Messiah. They were looking for something of some glamour. You know, he had perfect hair, perfect teeth. His eyes shine. You know what I'm saying? He had, he's supposed to have a golden bracelet upon his own. You follow what I'm saying? He's supposed to come in, I don't know how you say it, shining. But he came in that no one expected this would be the Messiah. But we saw the works of the Holy Spirit at work in him. This is what I'm saying to you and I. The work of the Holy Spirit is, is in us. What His job is to present to us the work of God, the plan of God. My question to you tonight Will you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, to guide you? And when you walk every day and, you know, you come, you get up and you come back from work or whatnot and all is well and whatever little hiccup you had that you were able to put the word of God on it, stand on the truth of God's word and you watch it leave like, like the wind took you know, take leaves away and et cetera. That, that's, that's power. That means you're winning. Amen? Yeah. Praise God. Did y'all learn anything tonight? The good morning to you. Welcome you here this morning. Uh, let's not forget uh, coming up on the 31st of this month, the end of this month, we have what we call the Grace Conference, and it will take place up. Uh, March 31st, and it will go through uh, from April 1st through April 3rd. That's a Monday, Tuesday, and a Wednesday night. Amen? And so we'll close out on a Wednesday night. So but this morning, we'll welcome you uh, <clears throat> as we continue our lesson on uh, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. This is uh, week two uh, that we are uh, dealing with the subject about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And... <clears throat> I think the last couple of days, the last couple of services that I was with you, we were sharing with you about the life of Elizabeth, <clears throat> Zechariah and Elizabeth, and the life of Mary. And it was the same angel Gabriel sent from God. What's that, Brother Joe? Sent from God. And notice this. He was there to minister to both of them and bring him forth the word of God so that what God had originally ordained from the foundations of the world, it was time for it to come to pass. Now, we spent time in sharing with you about Zachariah and Elizabeth, and we recognized that 
Zechariah was made dumb, <clears throat> could not speak, right, because the plan that God had to bring forth John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus, he had to shut him up, okay? He had to shut him up so that the plan that God had put in place would not be aborted, okay? So we picked the story up over here in John, I mean, in, um, in Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. Now the same angel is ministering to uh, Mary, and I think we talked about this a little bit, but let's just start verse 26. It says, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto city of Galilee named Nazareth. So six months prior to that, notice this, six months prior to that, the same angel was sent to Zechariah and Elizabeth. Okay? Now, six months later, God is sending the same angel to a virgin called Mary to a town of, uh, uh, that is a city of Galilee, the, the name Nazareth, okay? And verse 27, to a virgin and spouse to a man whose name was Joseph. Now notice what the purpose of the angel was sent there. He was sent there to a virgin and spouse to a man who was named Joseph. Number two, the house of David, and the virgin name was Mary. So now we know what the virgin name was. And we know why he was sent. Are you, are you following it? He was sent there to do what? To minister to Mary. Is that right? At first. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hell, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Can you see that? This is what the angel said. He's saying, he came in on her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Now, we could take that out of context. Back to verse 28. We can take that out of context because, notice he said, Thou art highly favored. Well, when you look at the word favor, all of us, according to Ephesians 1, I think it's 1, 6, that it doesn't use the word favor, but I think it used the, uh, the word uh, 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 Let's stay right there just for a moment. It just it slipped my mind. Uh, in, in Ephesians 1, uh, Bobby could have got that probably faster than, but here it is. In the book of Ephesians 1, uh, 6, it says that uh, acceptable. Okay? So it says, to the praise and the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us acceptable. But the same word favor here, Julian, it's the same word in Ephesians 1, 6, said we are made acceptable. So it's, not, it's the same word, but in Ephesians, it's just saying acceptable, and this is what God is saying. He had made all of us acceptable, but the angel is coming to Mary and saying, you have been accepted by God to bring forth this. Same thing for you and I. Whatever that is God put in you, you are acceptable, highly favored to bring forth a task. Now, you may not know exactly what that is at the moment. I mean, just think about Zachariah and Elizabeth. He said, your prayers 
were answered. You were heard by God. Well, uh, my wife told me Elizabeth and Zachariah uh, was almost in the same age group that uh, Abraham and Sarah was. It was in the 80s, 90s, right? So if that's the case, think about, I'm pretty sure Zachariah knew of Abraham because he's the seed of Abraham. But the angel had to make him dumb, close him up. Why? Because he did not believe the word of God. And the word of God that was come into the earth to bring forth John the Baptist, it was God ordained from the, uh, uh, out of the old covenant. God stepped in to time to bring forth what he promised. And there are times you and I can hinder the plan of God if we speak contrary to the promise. Remember I showed y'all that? Back it up just for a moment. Uh, I think verse 14, same verse, same chapter, look at verse 14 or 15. Uh, what is the verse that says, thou shalt be dumb because you believe not? Uh, is it verse I thought it was verse 15. Okay, well, watch it. It'd be in there. He said, For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. He should drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he should be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. Now, look at the next verse. And many of the children of Israel shall be turned to the Lord their God. Next verse. And he shall go before him in the spirit of the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the father to the children, the disobedient to wisdom of just, and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said unto angel, whereby shall I know this? He just explained to him. But look what his saying is. I'm an old man, and my wife is well stricken in years. In the natural, he can say that. Right? But he has evidence of knowing that the same thing took place with Abraham and Sarah. This is a this is a supernatural miracle birth. But he hardened his heart. He hardened his heart because he wouldn't believe. Even though they ain't told him your prayers have been answered. Think about it. God answered your prayer, and here it is. It's like the better part of your life has passed. I say, well. That can't be God. I'm too old now. What am I going to do with this? How am I going to do that? You should never judge yourself in that light. Amen? Watch this. So next verse. And the angel answered and said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God. I am sent to speak to thee and to show thee these glad tidings. Huh? Next verse. And behold, thou shalt be dumb. Now, how you like that? You shall be dumb and not be able to speak until the day of these things shall be performed. Because he did not believe. He will, he will hinder. No, <clears throat> this was a prophecy that God already spoke. And so, God had to do what? Close his mouth. 
so that he would not abort that vision. Can you see it? So now look at this. And because thou believest not my word, which shall be fulfilled in their season. Notice this, in their season. Think about the word in their season. In their season, that means everything has a time and everything has a season. The birth of John the Baptist was not in the season. wasn't in the time. But this is the time. This is the season. See, we can't put pressure on God and say, well, Lord, I need, you know, I can pray the prayer of faith and say, Lord, I need, I, I, I trust you for a million dollars. Okay? And I thank you, Lord, I'm so so seized to what, okay, nothing wrong with it, but if you say, Lord, I trust you for a million dollars, I'm going to need this by the end of six months. So what are you doing? It's not that God can't deliver. You may not be at that place of understanding what God what got to what you what got to go through, what what you what is taking you to understand to bring forth that million. Hmm? And when it doesn't show up, you say, Well, I'm giving fifty thousand dollars to show God that I believe in him. You may be giving about fifty thousand dollars, but if your heart has not been exercised. If your heart has not been exercised under godliness, you will not be able to bring forth a million dollars. You're not going to be giving God thinking that you're going to move God with your gift. How are you going to move God who owns everything? Huh? It ain't going to happen. Now, when you are in that place with him, his favor is upon you, then he can tell you, say, okay, Julian, I need you to give $50,000 to such and such. Now, what is God doing? He's, he's opening the door to bring forth the thing that God promised in his life. It may, be, it may take a million dollars. It may take five million dollars. But it's not going to be up to you to, uh, uh, to believe for five million dollars. No, God will put in you. God will have to first give you desire. He will give you the way. He will lead you in how to receive from him. How to expect from him. Are oh, you understand what I'm saying? But for you to say, well, I'm going to give $50,000 and I'm going to move God. No, you're not. You move your flesh. You move your emotion. We're used to fifty thousand dollars. Then what's going to happen? You're going to become all of a sudden all kind of thoughts going to hit your mind. Fifty thousand dollars may have been to take care of something else, but because you were so emotional about it, now you lost thousands or whatever it is you lost because you thought you were going to move God by giving this fifty thousand dollars. Now I'm not not I'm not trying to y'all to not give, but I'm just trying to show, show you impulsive giving never meets the need. It may meet the need of who have need of it, but it's not going to do you any good because you're going to be weary, you're going to be heavy, you're going to be burdened down. Why did I do that? You, and then thoughts in your mind. 
You see how I can do to get this money back? No. Too late. Any ministry, anytime money goes in, it, it's gone. Amen. It's gone. All right. But my point is, is that, no, let's do things in a manner of being led by the Spirit. Now, the tithe belongs to the Lord. You should tithe. Okay? And, you know, uh, that's a lot to be said about that. But anyway, let's look at this for a moment. He said, Hold thou shall be dumb and not be able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed. Because thou believe it not my words. See? Because he what? See? That's the only thing to make your tradition or make the word of God of no effect. Put, put this up for a moment. Oh, we'll come right back. Uh, Mark 7, 13. And then we'll come right back to the verse of scripture. In reference, I'm showing you, because thou believe not my word. And watch this in Mark 7, 13. And it's wrote in. He said, making the word of God, what? No effect out through your tradition. See, your tradition, your belief in how you believe and how you perceive and how you judge things, it could either promote the will of God or it could hinder the will of God in your life. Did you understand what I just said? Your perception, know what he said? You making the word of God of no effect through your tradition. The reason why he was saying that because again, when you look over here, look at Matthew chapter 15 and look at verse 1, Matthew 15. Let me show you what it, give more light on this. Watch when Jesus talk about their tradition. It said, then Jesus came to the strive, then came to Jesus Strives and Pharisees, which of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? Look at, look, look, look at this, look at it. For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. Now, this is their outward perception, okay, of tradition. Okay, watch this. Next verse. But he answered and said unto them, Why do ye also transgress the commandments of God by your tradition? So Jesus put that back, put that back in their hand. They're more concerned about the outer man, and Jesus trying to show them their heart. Are y'all seeing this? Watch this. Next verse. For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and he that cursed his father and mother, let him die to death. You know, under the, under the law, people died. Under the law, you curse your mom, your dad. That's it, buddy. You gone. You out of here. You a dead duckling. Right? Can't do that. <laughs> All right, next verse. But you say, whosoever shall say to his father and mother is a gift by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me. Well, you see, they're thinking... Taking money or a gift. You know, it's always like politicized. Is that, is that how you call that? Politicized? You know, uh, something the way as 
you know, being politically correct about something to do what? To, to receive a bride. Okay? Watch this. Look what Jesus did. Next verse. Uh, Honor thy father and thy mother, and he shall be free. Thus have you made the commandment of God a no effect. How? By tradition, by thinking you can buy your way, you can give away. You know how sometimes people, rather than say, I'm sorry, forgive me, what they would do? They go buy something. Rather than to say, forgive me. Uh, I mean, just think about it. You know, you married or been married or whatever, rather than to see you, you know, uh, I was wrong. What would you buy? Buy roses. My dad was good at that. He couldn't say he was sorry. He'd buy my mom roses and then go tell her, go, go buy however many dress you want. Well, they don't make up for the wrong. Right? Now, she took the money and did it anyway, but he could save himself a lot of money, right? Yeah. My mom, she had expensive things when they come to buying clothes. <laughs> I think that's what we probably got that from, you know? <laughs> but they both had expensive things when they come to clothes. If my dad saw you had a suit on that he had, he'd wear that suit no more. I mean, for the longest, all his suits were tailor-made. One of a kind. Isn't that amazing? But look at this. So next verse, look what Jesus called him. You hypocrites. He said, well, did Elijah prophesy of you saying, this is what I want you to see. The people draw nigh unto me with their what? Mouth. And they honor me with their what? Lips. But their heart is far from me. Hmm? Just saying something good, saying something okay to do what? Just to make it pass. But when it comes time to say, brother, would you forgive me for that? I ain't saying that. Some people say, well, that's a sign of weakness. No, it's not. See, according to whose philosophy? See, if you've been trained that way, you'll say, well, that's a sign of weakness. No, it's not. That's humility. That's you humbling yourself, recognizing your fault, and recognizing that I was wrong, I crossed the line, and I'm asking you for your forgiveness. Yes. You got to be born again, full of the Holy Ghost to do that. Because most people will not do that. We'll justify. And if you don't do it right away, the enemy will talk you out of and get you to justify why you did what you did. And it'll be, and in your mind, it will be acceptable until the next incident. No. No. It's not wrong to say, I was wrong. I missed it. Forgive me.
That's what they do. It don't want to admit it's wrong. It won't just say, it still won't talk out. <laughs> Sometimes I'll be upstairs in my study. I have this, my TV is, well, you know, all these TVs, they are smart TV, but this TV here is like, uh, I could be talking, you know, like the scripture or something, and that thing would just start talking. The TV. Any of y'all got a TV like that? It just started talking. It, it, you know, and it just got, you have to, yeah, I mean, well, look, look at his iPad, that way, you'll, I mean, look, my iPhone do that every now and then and be sitting there, well, here's what I found. Well, I'm not talking to you. But it does that, right? What does that tell you? Folks, folks are listening all the time. Well, not say folks. What you call that? Artificial intelligence. Big brother. You follow what I'm saying? But hey, look, we can't do without it. So he said they draw nigh with under me with their mouth, but they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Right. Look, next verse. But in, but in vain they do what? Worship me. Teaching for doctrines, commandment of men. In other words, they're more concerned about the washing of hand. How you should look outwardly when you come to church. You know, I remember years ago, about 30 years ago, you know, you would never caught me like this. <clears throat> Got to always have a suit. Got to be laid out. And see, that was overrated. If you have a suit on, man, you ain't call. So we made it look like the suit called you. Right? No. There are many people in different parts of the country don't wear suits. So you're going to say they're not called? And they got the spirit of God moving in them countries. You ain't got nothing moving. But what you got on? No. It's the same thing Jesus is talking about right here. Now I think we do. We should look nice, neat, right? <clears throat> but to say you got to have a three-piece suit on? Nah, you don't have to. Now, if you desire to wear a suit, it's okay. Amen. But don't put no one under bondage because you you wear one and the other doesn't. Don't do that. Okay? Because first of all, that may be all that person can afford. Amen? <clears throat> all right, look at the next verse. And he called a multitude and said unto them, now this is what I want you to catch. Here's the understanding. Hear and understand. What did he say do? Two things. He said what? Hear and understand. If you don't hear this and understand this, brother, don't. It'll pass you out. Look what he said. Jesus, look what he said. He says, not that which goes into the mouth defiles a man. Hmm? He said, but that which comes out of the mouth, that defiles a man. What did he say? Not that which goes where? Into the mouth, but what comes out. 
That's what I tell you. Hold your tongue. Hmm? You don't want to. You don't want to open your mouth and say things that that you can't hardly take back. You can't hardly walk back. Hmm? You don't just let. You don't talk at the top of your head because you heed it. You don't like what's said. You don't like what's done. No. No. I may not like what is being said. I may not like it being done, but I control my own emotion. Right? Hanging up one hand. <laughs> right? Amen. <laughs> so, Notice this. Next verse. I must be stepping on some toes right now. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knoweth thou not that the Pharisee, what? Offended. Now what made them offended? After they heard this saying. Watch it. Next verse. But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted shall be what? Root it up. And that's a lot of times, that's what it is. Watch this. Let them alone. Let the blind leaders of what? The blind, right? Let them alone. The, they that be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both should do what? Fall into the ditch. Watch this. Next verse. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. Here it is. See, he was speaking a parable. Now he's getting ready to make it plain. Look what he said. Are you not understanding also? Next verse. Do you yet not understand that whatsoever enter into the mouth goes where? Into the belly? And it's cast out into draw. We understand that, right? Right? Everybody understand that, right? Go to the bathroom, you eat, you go to the bathroom, it's gone. Boom, right? Okay, we got it. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from where? The heart. We're not talking about the heart that pumps blood. We're talking about your understanding. We're talking about your perception. We're talking about how you view things in life. The view, the philosophy of how you view life, notice this, it's coming forth out of your heart. Well, I'm tired of people misusing me. I'm tired of people looking over me. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of that. Well, see, that's how you view. Until you consult the Holy Ghost inside, how to overcome this, what to, how to stand on this. Like I said before, your greatest weapon against any offense, any assault, is going to be you and I having the maturity to walk in the truth. The Holy Spirit is helping you in the early morning class. It's called the Spirit is waiting. Okay? When I said this weighted, it will hold you like gravity. Gravity holding us on this earth. But if you defile that law by getting on top of that building, you're going to fall. Right? 
Well, the word spirit of God is what is holding you and I to control your tongue by what you study, by how you view life. That's what Jesus said. He said, it's those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart. So if they come forth from my heart, it come forth from how I think, what I be listening to. So if I'm listening to someone always, you know, uh, uh, you know, you get a negative report. You know, you may have got a negative report about something in your body, and then if you hold fast, to that, go get what you can. You can get messed up real fast by going to the internet. So I'm gonna search the website to see what this thing is, what this and that, and then they tell you this, 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 and before you know, you got all kind of stuff, literature, then popped up, and you got all this going into your heart, into your mind, and it's like it's take away all of your confidence. It's taken away everything that you believe and now you are filled with what you've been reading. And then I come along and tell you and say, no, no. The Bible said no weapon formed against you can prosper. You're going to get mad at that. Look, I, look, I, look, I, 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 look, I know what the words say. What's the list we sell? But this is what the doctor said. Right? No but. No but. I'm just trying to show you this is where we are. Until you, until you look at the word of God and understand that everything God made, it was good. Now somewhere down the line, it may have gotten off. It may have become defected. Something may have become affected, but it can be changed. So good news is I don't have to stay in the same condition of what has happened. I can go back and look through the books of God, look at the word of God, and look at how God originally intent of creation, what he put in place before conception took place, and I can begin to draw from that. And I could begin to say, Lord, that's not the way you intended for me to be created. Okay, let me give you an example. You may have been affected by some type of blood disease, right? Cancer, okay? Brain tumor, something, whatever. And I'm trying to use this verse of scriptures, but it's taking me farther and farther to another direction. But I guess I have to show you. Hold that, hold, y'all hold those scriptures that are connected out too. <clears throat> Go to Psalm 139 and look at verse 14. I talked about this in the early morning class. I'm not going to go to, I don't have as much time to talk to y'all as I did this morning, but notice in third, Psalm 139, and we can just put it up in the NLT, you said, I will praise thee, for I am, that's okay, thank you, Lord, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. What does that t- what does it mean to you? Wonderfully complex. 
In other words, everything that went into making you, you were not just just threw together. You were woven man in the mindset of God. I mean, just think about it. None of us have the same fingerprint. And all of them are different. I got two hands, and each one is different than the other. This is what he mean by you are wonderfully, so wonderful. Put this in there. In there. Amplify. If I confess, if I will confess and praise you, for you are fearfully and wonderfully and for the awful wonder of my birth. Wonderful are your works. And that inner self knows right well. Whose inner self knows? Yours. What God, what are we saying? God gave every human being an intuitive knowledge to know him. Every human being on the earth have this intuitive knowledge to know God. Because he put it there. He said, wonderful are your works and that my inner self knows what? It didn't say know what. It said knows right well. Right? Is, is, is what it said? All right. Now watch this. I'm going to put it in a different Put this in the message. Watch how this read. Oh, you're going to love this. This is everyday talk. <laughs> oh, yes. It started verse 13. You shape my, you shape the first inside. Uh-oh. Huh? And then you what? Form me. I mean, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. Who did this? You didn't have the decision what you were going to become. God already made you male and female. Okay? That's one thing. But the thing I want to talk to you about is this. What if you were born with a infectious, what do you call that, disease? What if you were born with a deformed hand? Hmm? What if you were some of the things that people are born with, maybe born with autism? Hmm? Some people born without eyes. Right? A lot of these things happen through birth, right? This scripture, what I'm showing you, is, is the proof that he shaped my inside and then out. You form me in my mother's womb. Meaning, I need you for me to have, everything put there is for me to have eyes, have a brain, have teeth, have all my limbs. Now, sometimes people don't come out with them all, but God put the substance in there for them all 
to be. Are you with me? Now, just stay with me. How many parents or family are suffering with a, a sibling, maybe a spouse, they, they lacking something because something happened? Well, now I can go to the word of God and say, watch this before I do. Watch this. Thank you. I thank you, high God. You are breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelous made. I worship in adoration. Hmm? What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit. How I was sculptured, right? From what? Nothing to something. Who sculptured you? God. You think God sculpted you to be deformed in any way? Things may have happened. You could have lost an eye. You could have lost a hand. Do you know the ability for that hand to go back is, is, is still in there? Why? Because you're looking at the hands that man wants the hand is going to go. It's the substance of life that gave body life. It's God. It can't be touched. But when words of life is spoken, creation puts back in place and go back to start restoring, replacing, replenishing. You can't, I can't, but the Holy Ghost inside of us can. Why? Because it is how God created everything. We don't have to go back to Genesis. Just think about what Genesis said, how God created the heavens and the earth. And verse 11 says, and God uh, said, let the earth bring forth grass. Trees, fruit trees yielding fruit whose seed is in itself. Then verse 12 says, and the earth brought forth. What? Grass, earth, yielding tree, uh, trees yielding fruit whose seed was where? In itself, and God saw that it was what? Good. Why do you think trees still produce? Fruit trees, grass, producing after this kind. Why? Because God put the life in itself. Do you know we can go out there and say we don't want no more grass? We can take whatever heavy load equipment, back load, whatever, and 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 get down to the where well, there's no more root of grass, just dirt. Do you know after a while, it's back again? Because it's in the dirt. Everything starts in the dirt. 
God created it that way. I'm just trying to awaken you to a higher level of standard of thinking because this is, look, you got the perfect one working inside of you who was with God in the beginning when he said, let the earth bring forth grass. The Holy Spirit was there. The Holy Spirit was there when the sun was put in place. When the moon was put there. The Holy Spirit was there to bring forth the stars. The Holy Spirit was there that caused the dry land to walk, the dry land to become dry land and the water to become seas. Our oceans. I think we discovered that I'm not I'm not sure. Seven seas, five oceans. Or five or five seas and seven oceans. Whatever. We discover. Those body of waters are how are they held back? What keep them in their place? You go out there to the Atlantic Ocean. We love the beach, right? You got all these different names. What makes the body of water sit out there the way it is? We don't have anything that's man-made that keep that water from coming on land, tearing up everything. The only reason why that water is held where it is is because God spoke it. Even when a storm takes place and that water comes in 30, 40, 50 feet inland, it's going to go back. Right? But we can stop it before it does get inland. We have that authority. Why? Because it was never created to do that. Can you see? If you, as the righteous, don't speak to what you have a right to, yes, we can rebuild. Yes, we can do it. But guess what? How long will it take? Some things may never get back. No, I'm not letting the devil steal nothing that's ours. So when a storm, no matter what, storm try to come up, hurricane or heavy rain, whatever. Nope, you you cannot you cannot over you cannot flood these grounds. You cannot flood this building. You cannot destroy this building. You cannot destroy that sign. I forbid you. What? You forbid? That's right. The power is in me. You know, it's not my power. It's Jesus' power, but he put it in me. It's his power, but guess what? I have to be one to speak it. Because he can. You got to have an earth suit for these things to exercise themselves. It's his word, it's his power, but he's given it to me because I'm one with him, so therefore I'm exercising the work of the Holy Spirit that put creation into play. And guess what? Just as it obeyed God, then it will obey me. It shall obey you. But I don't see, see it in that light. If you just see yourself, I'm just only human. No. One third of you is wall of wall Holy Ghost. You say and full of the Holy Ghost. That's the part of you that God is ministering through. And this is why he said, 
I am marvelous made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You knew me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit. How I was sculptured from nothing to something like an open book. You watch me grow from conception to birth. You watch me grow from conception to birth. Well, who was it that put it in there before conception made? God put all his marvelous stuff in there. That's why he said, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Man, a lot went into God making you. That's why there's nobody else like you. We say, there's no one else like you. God threw the mole away. You are very unique. But if you don't understand your uniqueness of that, of that which is called of God, then it will go to waste. It'll be used in, in an in adverse way, meaning it will be used for the works of darkness rather than for, you know, like a drug dealer. A drug dealer can bring in hundreds, thousands of dollars depending upon the quality of whatever they have in minutes. But they have no joy to spend it. They can't live. They can't live at peace. But you take that same person and put them in a car salesman or whatever, boy, them boys can sell some cars. You put them in the high-end cars, they can sell some vehicles. Why? Because the gift is there. But when they're not using the light as it ought to. See, the gift will still work. It's just working the wrong way. Notice this, I'm almost done with this. He said, all the stages of my life were spread out before you. All the what? The stages. That means God knew every stage of your life, even to this day, even up to the end of your life. He already know what you're going to do. Now, he's, he, he know what he wants for you, Brother Joe. But he's not going to say, no, I'm not going to force you. This is where I wanted to be. I'm telling you this, you know, we used to say at one time, well, I never said it because I never understood, but now I understand the concept more than ever. He used to say, you know, it don't matter where you go to church as long as, you, long as, long as God is in the church. Remember that? You yeah. used to say that. It didn't matter. You can't say it no more. It does matter where you go to church. Because it could become, become the difference between life and death, whether you live or die, whether you be victorious or defeated, whether you are poverty-stricken or prosperous, it all depends on how you hear and where you're getting your information from. Hmm? Now, you still have to do your own homework. You have, still have to do your own study. But my job here today is to do what? It's to get you to the place to where you start thinking about bigger. 
You start, you start living with this hope. You start living out this lively hope, confident, this assurance. Man, that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made by God. And when you see something in your life, Brother George, that is not right, man, because I know I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, I can change that. That doesn't belong to me. I uproot that. I cast that down. And what do you do? I begin to call what is rightfully mine. Can y'all see that? But you have to do that on your own. God never make you do it. That's what he told me this morning. He said, you have to teach my perfection. You have to teach what I perfectly designed from creation before the people can change. So I'm taking another step of faith. I'm not teaching it just for you to look at what you are and just deal with it from where you are and what you have in your hand. No. I can look to the word of God now and you tell me if I had a defective, if I got something defective, if I got something affected, if I got something out of, I can look to the word. I can change my behavior. I can change my health. I can change my outcome. Boy, it's quiet here. It's the night before Christmas in the old house. <laughs> I'm telling you the power that be in each one of us. The question is, will you humble yourself and walk in that truth? Or will you allow yourself to say, well, I'm too old. My better days have passed me up. No, your better days have not. I'm in the prime of my life. Amen. I'm going to run till I'm 100, 100 years old. And then if I figure, if I want to run a little bit more, when I get 100 years, I'm going to run, I'm going to run a little bit more. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, I've seen a man 90-something years old run marathon. I said, that's me. I might be just badly getting crossed, but I'm going I'm to make that marathon. 90, 100 years old, baby. Amen. Notice this. But he said, all the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life were what? Oh, my God. Before I ever lived what? One day. So your whole life is laid out before you. God made your life to be profitable, to be abundantly supplied, you were fearfully and wonderfully made. Nothing before you, you, there is nothing that you should want. And I know you can look at your life. I can look at mine and say, man, but I sure got something. Well, here's your scripture you can use to start standing on to change your condition. Hmm? Okay. Go back to 
what is that? Matthew 15? Is that right? Yeah. Go back to Matthew 15. Um, I think verse 17, 18, 18, verse 18. Go back to Matthew 18, 15, 18. I'll put that, put it, uh, okay, well, let's, let's, see how that, let's see how that look. Let's, let's see how that look. <laughs> I never read that in that. He said, now I speak to you in plain, but it, yeah, I speak to you. <laughs> Jesus replied, uh, you too? Are you being willfully, oh, stupid? <laughs> Don't you know anything that is swallowed, that swallow works? It is way through the intestinal intestine and is finally defected. But what comes out of the mouth gets it started in the heart. Whoa, you hear that? It's from the heart that we vomit up evil arguments. You see that? It's from the heart. Some people they're not happy until other people, until they see other people miserable. Look what he said. It's from the heart that we vomit up evil arguments, murder, adulteries, fornications, theft, lies, and cussing. That's what pollutes. Right? What he said. Eating or not eating certain foods, Washing, or not washing your hands, you know, not eating certain foods. You know, at one time the Jews, they couldn't eat that good old pork. Uh, or, that, or, that, or that catfish. Y'all bring me that filet catfish here. Y'all can't eat that. <laughs> bring me y'all fish frying too so I can fry all that. Y'all don't need none of that stuff. See that? So he said, notice what he said. That was pollute eating or not eating certain food. Some people, man, you should be eating that. Now, now, don't, don't, don't misunderstand me, you know. You got to eat everything, you know, in moderation. You know, so you got to stay away with them little debits, okay? We don't need no little debits, amen? But you can eat little debits. Amen? And let Debbie gonna become like Big Debbie, amen. <laughs> but you know, you can still eat it. You understand what I'm saying? You're not condemned. Under this, what he's trying to show you, he said, eating or not eating certain food, washing and not washing your hand, that neither here nor there. You don't have no fat. Right? Watch this. Next uh Okay, that's it, right? Now, go back to Luke chapter 4. I mean, Luke chapter 1. We're still talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It shows you why. Because you need the Holy Ghost to make right in your stance, in your understanding. Again, living, you know, we say we want to see the miracles. We want to see... Uh, the healings we want to see. And all of those things are great. But what's greater? 
The greater is to live the life that you and I are living, being here, enjoying word, getting filled up with the word, and then you leave here your life or whatnot, and still walking in the light of the truth of who you are. We have to hear the word. This is the greater life. Is to be able to leave here, get in your car, go home, or whatever you're going to do. And anywhere you are, you know you're living in a perspective, you live in a, in a parameter of how you govern your life. And if you see such a nanak here or some that, or, I'm not tolerating, I'm not getting there. Why? Because the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. And guess what? I don't, I don't want to tolerate that. That's the decision all of us have to make all the time, right? So notice this. So he said, Jesus, I mean, behold, thou shalt be dumb, not able to speak until the day that these things are being performed, because thou believest not my word, which shall be fulfilled in their season. Now, all the scriptures I told I took you around to show you what happened when one doesn't believe. Uh, understand. So, but what was God was to do with him? Because the, he was the lineage of which Jesus was to come through. So he couldn't, he, rather than abort the vision, he shut him up. Right? Today, you and I have to make the choice. Everything has been done. The promises, everything I spoke to you about, life, life situation changes, circumstances, condition, I don't care what it is. If you get an understanding of the revelation of God's word, the life is in the word. I'm going to show you that because I only got a couple minutes. Watch this. Next verse. And the people waited for Zechariah, and they marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak unto them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple. He beckoned unto them and remained speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived why he was speechless. Now, you know, that's a miracle in itself. Elizabeth, how you coming to me? You can't even talk. Romance me, something. Y'all you know, got quiet on me again. Look at y'all. There we go. <laughs> Notice this. And he hid herself. And he hid, and what? And hid herself how many months? Saying, Thus has the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent for God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Right? And vows to a spurgeon who uh, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin name was Mary. 
And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. So we went through all of this, right? Watch this. Here we go. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. Now the same thing, Zachariah was troubled. But let's look at the distinct difference here. And cast in her mind what matter of sagitation this should be. Now, what she's talking about, you pop up, you're saying, I found favor with God. Okay, let's see what this looks like. Next verse. The angel said to her, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Watch this. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Okay, now that's okay. Because Mary know how conception going to be made, right? We all know that, right? But look what he tells her. Watch this. He should be great. He should be called the son of the highest. The Lord God should give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there should be what? No end. Watch this. Then Mary said to angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? I remember what happened to Zechariah. He said he was old. He, so he was made dumb. But he didn't have an excuse. Mary didn't have none either, but Mary asked a question because why? I'm a virgin. I haven't been touched. So how is this going to happen? Look what the angel said. He answered her because he, he, the burden of proof is always on God to show forth what is in his hand. Now, once he showed, the, once he revealed this to her, now Mary got to make a decision. Like Zachariah did. He believed not because he thought he was too old. Sarah was stricken in years, and therefore he thought that God couldn't move. This was false. But look at this. The angel came to her and said, the Holy Ghost shall come up on thee. Well, this is what I want you to see in the last couple of minutes we have. The Holy Ghost will still come up on you to do something because he is inside of you, but you'll sense the Holy Ghost coming up on you to carry something out. You'll sense the Holy Ghost coming up on you to hold you steady. I've been in places and I've been where the Holy Ghost will have me stay seated and can't get up. Hmm? I've seen where the Holy Ghost will have you to break out in a laughter. A laughter that you cannot control. It is very contagious. It'll have you all on that floor laughing like you're a drunk person. It'll hit everybody in that place. And it's not your personality. But you'll not be able to stop it. Well, you can quench it. I'm using this to show you this Holy Ghost that came up on her can come up on you. He's more or less coming forth out of you and I because we are born of God. As he shall come upon thee 
the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore, also the holy thing should be born, should be called the Son of God. Know what he said. The power of the highest shall overshadow thee. I believe when God wants us to do something big, and I believe everything that God wants of us is big. It's so much bigger than us. The holy, the power of the Holy Ghost will come upon and it overshadow you. And before you know it, you just stepped out on that limb. And before you know it, what the world I done done. And you can't go back. And you know it's God. But it's like, whoa. And then reality, how are we going to take care of that? How are we going to do that? But he'll walk you through as you get along, as you move forward. See, the highest, the power of the highest should overshadow you. What are you doing? He's preparing her to receive something. Because she's not been touched by a man. She said, how should this be? He said, therefore also that other thing which should be born of thee should be called the Son of God. Hers was a human, but what is it that God put in you that he's trying to birth out of you? Is it a new business? Is it a new idea? Is it a new relationship? Is it a new house? What is it that God trying to birth out of you? But you're looking at yourself in a place that you feel incapacity that you can't move far because you're looking at your present circumstance and they will continue to minister to you and keep you trapped, keep you stuck because you believe not the word of the Lord because you're the finite mind trying to figure it out. You can't figure it out. I say le beaucoup qui c'était. Go back. <laughs> Go back. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. Tell somebody that today. Say the Holy Ghost shall come upon you. Shall come upon you. Whatever that is in your heart, pay the Holy Ghost shall come upon you. He's the one that will get you to act. The Holy Ghost shall come upon you. You don't have to act because of somebody's word. Because of, the Holy Ghost will come upon you and you'll know exactly what to do. And the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Glory to God. And therefore, so that holy thing, which should be born of thee, is called the Son of God. Well, it will be, it will be of the Spirit of God. It's not going to be the Son of God, but it will be of the Spirit of God. Same application. Next verse. And he said, Behold thy cousin Elizabeth. She's also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month of her who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. See, we have put everything with God. We, put, well, we won't say with God. We still look at ourselves. That's impossible. No, it's not with God. It's not. Yes, in yourself, impossible. 
with God? Nothing. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. She asked the question. He said, for with God. This is where we're missing it. We're missing it because we're trying to fulfill a spiritual vision with a physical manifestation, and you can't do it. You're going to mess it up every time because of the flesh. It's not, it's contaminant. It has to be renewed. It has to receive that vision that you receive of God. It has to, it has to infiltrate your soul so that your soul can have the same appetite that is drawn from the Spirit for it to happen. Next verse. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, what she said, be it unto me according to thy word. And look what happened. The angel left. Look at the results. Two different results. Be it unto me, and that's what you and I, that's got to be, see, that's where faith come in. When the word of God, the ministry of word, the word of God, the Holy Spirit, whether it be in a vision, whether it be in a dream, whether you read in the word, whether you listen to the word, and the Holy Spirit is ministering to your heart, you have to say, be it unto me according to your word. Let me show you what this, I can't go any further, but let me show you, let me show you what this, let me show you what this is. When the, when the angel spoke, and notice, notice what he did. The angel departed from her. When she heard, she said, be it unto me. Well, how did it be? How was it? How did it, how did it come to her? When the angel told her what would be, how it would be, it was already there. But he needed her consent for to activate it. When she received it, he departed. Hmm? In Matthew nineteen twenty six. Same words in the same in the light here. Jesus beheld them. Now this is talking about after mission to uh, but let's see. He said to them, with men, kind of like the rich young rule, with men, this is what? Impossible, but with God, how many things are possible? I want you to start looking at your life, visualizing everything in your life with God. With God, all things is possible. Let's look at this last verse of scripture right here. Look at um, Romans 4.21, along the same line about with God, all things are possible. Nothing shall be impossible to him that believes. And Abraham, being what? Fully persuaded that what he had promised, meaning what God had promised, God was able to do what? See? 
You're not doing it performing. It's God. But you have to allow the word to position you to act accordingly. Whatever it is, however he's leading you, however he's directing you in this situation. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to be the one to be at work in your heart, in your mind. You can't, you can't do it. It's going to take the power of the Holy Ghost to do it. You can't make the change. As much as you are willing, as, as, as much tears you may cry, and you want to do what's right, but you can't do it. He has to. You have to say, okay, God, I'm fully persuaded. What you promised, what you spoke over my life, what you called me to do, I'm fully persuaded you are able to carry it out. And you put it in that light, now the Holy Spirit can work because you have just given him your will. You've just given him first place in your life. But what if you don't want, what if you don't give it to him? You're going to stay stuck. And you'll always be looking from the outside in. I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm so tired of believers. They, they, they're always searching for something else. There is nothing else. You got the greatest life on the inside of you. You got God on the inside of you. Renew your mind. And just walk in the light of the God that's inside of you. You think God is in heaven causing whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. No, God is God. He rests. He still rests from his creation. His work is finished. He's, he's, he's trying to get us to the place to rest in him. Enjoy the ride. Stop trying to be the navigator. Huh? Enjoy the ride. Don't be trying to tell God, what, go do the way God is going to do. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. My wife. Go ahead, wait. Enjoy the ride. <laughs> Y'all understand what I'm saying? You got to enjoy the ride. I'm telling you, it's marvelous. It's wonderful. Did you get anything out of that? Any questions on the lesson today? Anything you'd like me to say over? So you got it? Bob, you can page you can glory.